G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive powered by puntingform.com.au, a sectional database that we all use, uh, betfair.com.au and hydrated by Goat Lager. Uh, on this week's show, we're going to head north of the border to talk doom burnt with our man Shane Shirley, who is absolutely airborne. The results keep rolling on in, so you need to get on board if you're not already. Uh, we're then going to touch base with Scurry, who was on course at, I believe, Rose Hill. Pistol? Yes, yes Rose Hill. Then we'll touch on Caulfield uh, briefly. There's not a lot to learn from Caulfield. Uh, it was a, it was like an Olympic track, lanes everywhere. Uh, then we're going to go over to Belmont, and we'll finish there at Belmont with Pistol Pete, who's hopefully found a few of a few horses we can follow. Shane, how are you? Yeah, going well, mate. Nice and chilly up here this morning, but um... you keep saying this. So let's just get our phones out. What are you dealing with right now? What am I dealing with? Yeah, what degree? Um. Feels like about minus four in the office. I can tell you that. Well, it's, no... it's three point six in Seaford, and it feels like two point two. That's the app. Solid. It's not good. It, it's probably not that cold up here, really. I had a dart before, and I couldn't tell if I was blowing out smoke or just hot air. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the beanie on inside because I can't turn the heater on after betting the Gatton Sunday. Well, yeah. We're going to leave Gatton uh, for the real real sick people. We're going to talk about the Metro racing. What did you see at Doombin that stood out to you? Um, well, just on the day, just some some eye-popping performances from horses across the day. And um, it was sort of backed up by looking at the punting form data to see that the, the, the figures actually sort of Confirm what I saw with the eye. I saw some unbelievable performances throughout the day. Saw some good goes, some decent races, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty high class racing, uh, racing all day really, considering um, sort of what I thought the fields looked like going into the meeting. But there were some big performances there. Shall we start with uh, race seven? Inquiry, who has improved his overall bench punning form. benchmark figure. From his previous start, boy, I can't do that maths, but a lot. It's uh, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like 15-plus length improvement. He's recorded a career peak. No. He's 0 0.1, like 0 0.1, 0.01 lengths in just behind his debut performance at Flemington. Yeah, this was an interesting one. I was sort of against... Inquiry on the day, I was, uh, we backed Scalapini um, off. You know, Inquiry who last who the start before was the dollar forty favourite at the Gold Coast was sort of half tardy away. Still expected the horse to run, you know, to sort of be able to overcome a few difficulties at the Gold Coast that day at a dollar thirty. Uh, it didn't, um, you know, produced a figure of seven point eight. Turned that around by about sixteen lengths. Um, to Doombin where it jumped, driven out of the gate to find the front and just kept running. Um, it was a huge, huge performance. Um, how do you handle this horse next start as a punter for someone listening? It's got that good SP the start prior. Now it's, now it's run pretty much a career peak. Like the last time it went near this figure was on debut, which was a very long time ago for the Godolphin Yard. It's now with its third or fourth trainer. 
and yeah. seems to be uh, running as good as ever. Uh, um, hard to handle, definitely. Um, you sort of got to think, I sort of suppose you look where it's progressing from and where it goes to. So, um, you know, there's potentially races like the Glasshouse Handicap at listed level again, which would get a similar type of field at the sunny coast or, you know, go north to a listed race like the Rockhampton Newmarket. Um, uh, look, it comes out of an open, of, uh, an open handicap classed race at the Gold Coast to start before, but it was, you know, they're not, they weren't really open handicappers on form. It was a pretty low race. Um, and then to do this at listed level, I suppose if it gets the same run, you can expect a similar type of result. But I'd like, I would probably be averaging down um, somewhere between its runs uh, two and three back. Um, and, yeah, that's how I would handle it. I peaked on the days how I'd handle this race, even though it was run number how many for the prep? It Seven. was, yeah. For, for a new yard, though. Peter, how do you handle this situation? You've got a horse that's sort of having its third start for a new stable. Do you trust the data a little bit more oh, and trust. sort of give it, give the horse a fresh start or do you just sort of keep it as a holistic view for this runner? Yeah, I'll probably um, have to temper your previous expectations to a certain amount. I mean, there was obviously some level of market support for the horse. It was the strongest betting race on the day. It was 665,000 matched on Betfair and I mean the, the majority of that was on Inquiry and Scalopini. Uh, Inquiry had about 150,000 of that Scalopini. The the horse that jumped favourite, uh, $3.70 or so it opened half an hour before betting and it finished up around $340, that was around 300,000 match. Um, look, I'd be more than happy to suggest that Inquiry was suited against the day. There did seem to be some level of benefit for horses settling forward and on the fence. The horse obviously dictated that race to see how it goes next start. And again, it'd be interesting to see if there's any same level of market support or if uh, the market takes it on. What else do you want to talk about, Curls? Um, look, I suppose on the day, there's a couple of other good efforts. Um, the interesting one was race three, Fobeta. Fobeta. Uh, look, it wasn't a bad effort. Um, like overall, the race, uh, it did go out pretty quick. Um, uh, and well, they, that, sorry to cut you off, but they, they've run a eight lengths above the all-average benchmark and a benchmark 58. Like, down here, that's unheard of. 85, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Still, that's yeah. fast, isn't it? Fast, yeah, fast. Um, sat back off a pretty good tempo there, obviously. Uh, hit the line well. It's interesting, it's, it sort of was able to build through the line from the 600 and really rattled off a, a good two, one, last 200 metre sectional. Um, you know, I think it's, he'd be a horse to follow, he's obvious, uh, obvious horse to follow though out of that meeting. Some good figures produced across, um, across the card really. We've seen horses like um, Shawnee produce a, a really good effort. Um, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't an overly strong tempo. We were on Crone on the day and thought we were home at it the It looked 100. the winner, didn't it? Yeah, I thought we were home at the 100. And, oh, look, I think Shawnee's come from a couple of lengths behind us at the 200 and, and put a length on us in the last 50 metres. Its closing speed was exceptional on the day as well. Uh, Chris Waller just able to produce these mares in these group races, black type this time of year. He's, um, he's uncanny. He's pretty good at training, isn't he? Yep, results, <laughs> results show that. 
Uh, it was another dollar's turn um, in the staying event. These are becoming a little bit mundane, actually, penning these races more and more every every time you look at them. Um, that was race five. We're talking there. You know, well, Chris has had multiple acceptances in staying races up here the last few weeks. Um, there was a little bit of support for it late, this horse, and it was, it was you know, it was solid. Um, it just got the right run, and it goes to a broodmare. Probably goes to a broodmare sale now. I think I've seen it nominated somewhere off the back of a Group Three win, and I, I think Chris was in the ownership of that one as well. So the timing was just impeccable um, for it on the day. Amazing, rich get richer. Amazing. But I think, like, like we saw on the weekend, you, you are saturated in betting opportunities. So when you see a race of numbers and one stable dominating a staying event, I think you just your advice and. You'll likely play nine times out of ten. It's just a just a shoulder arms here. Definitely. Um, look, I've said this before, and I'm not. This is not just about any stable in particular, but it happens regularly in Queensland. Um, is that the right horse? The horse that gets some market support seems to get the right run. Um, we saw it again in race six. Um, betting fluctuations were quite interesting there. We'd already taken a position pre-race on um, Soxagon. Uh, and then it drifted a little bit in the market, um, but it was still solid throughout. Like Kingdom Come was a noted market drifter, and it misses the kick. The jock nearly falls off at the start, gives away multiple lengths, and Soxagon lobs third one, third behind the leader with B. Stewart, just giving it the perfect perfect ride and, and just put them to the sword and, and ran some really good time, really good figures. Um, in the end of that race, Ren's Day, who's a horse that sort of much maligned Ren's Day, I think it's a... It's, um, you know, its figure had it the best horse in the race by a long way off some old European form and come here and run some big races um, early and then had did, you know, was getting beat at Newcastle and places like that. Short price favourite, but it, there was really good market support for it and, you know, it ran really well. Um, so just, yeah, it, it's, not, it's not one stable in particular. It's just, uh, it just seems to be a thing with, with Metro racing in Queensland that, um, the well-supported runners do get the seem to get the favours more. A little often. bit, a little bit like um, back in the day down here in Melbourne when the, there was just a, a domination of weir, and you'd have three or four, five runners in a race, and you just had to wait and see which one they were sort of the stable expected to go better. There's some patterns there. There's definitely some patterns, and I think pattern recognition is important to winning on the punt anyway. Um, you know, the, obviously I only focus on Queensland, so. Um, you know, that's really the only jurisdiction I can comment on, but it's there and it's uh, it's a thing. And whether you like it or not, and whether people like to talk about it or not, it's a thing that that needs to be identified to be able to win. Oh, no, we're, we're not implying anything untoward. We're just saying that that you know, that there's like five or ten souls inside the stable who they're, they're they're probably involved in horse racing because they like a bet. They probably know more than you know about like those five runners in that race. And they might start to bet a certain way, and it's just so all it is is more data for you to consume and use to try and win at this uh, caper. Absolutely, and yeah, you can so you can you can pick up some some of those patterns using the punting form data for sure. It's definitely helpful in that respect as well. There's uh, certain you know horses getting backed it from certain stables, certain runs in preps, that sort of thing. It's yeah. But then it'll just grow up completely because in race seven with Inquiry, who's improved and almost run to its debut performance if anything it was half soft since 9am on Saturday it certainly wasn't like a big go and it's a smurden stable up there I'd want to see money for it yeah well that's yeah it's a good great example of um, you know one that you'd expect to, to you know potentially go right off 
um, yeah. we have seen that stable with the money on go right off and, and run accordingly. So Let, Let's dive into that before we finish in Queensland. So what Curly's talking about there is like a, a pro punter's mindset to, to wagering. So he's waiting till the you, – you correct me when I'm done, when I'm if the bits I get wrong. He, he's, he's got his own opinion. He's, he's essentially marked his own prices and he's got like sort of I, – I'd have like a flashing light on a couple of horses like Inquiry and I'd be saying if this thing goes off, I need to be with it or I need to let, get out of this race as a neutral. Uh, and you're watching this right up till the death. We send the information out, say, five to four minutes before the jump. If this thing went off a cliff late, we'd still adjust our positions because it's just massive amount of intelligence coming to you for free from the market. Uh, how? What do you think on that? Yeah, you're right. And I, there's a live example there from the weekend in race eight. Um, a stable that I respect greatly when there's money is David Van Dyke. He's stables has a last i think i did the stats on friday before i started betting the meeting saturday for saturday was something like 27 percent winning strike rate a positive profit on turnover flat staking every runner from that stable in the last 12 months um the money's there they run well it's quite simple as that um baccarat baby was the consistent consistent move baccarat baby race eight number two from 9 a.m open 350s jump 270 across the board like three fifty at nine nine a.m. Like that's a st- and if you look at the graph on your dynamic, it's just a steady steady grind. Peter, have you got any data on it? Betfair live. Yes, I will be able to extract that. Just give me a moment. Well, Shane, you continue you- and you can come over top, Peter, with the uh, data. While you're extracting that, so as an example, we we uh, had backed Crone earlier on. Um, it's it was solid throughout the day. Um, you know. At, at that class race, they're all there to win. So you don't expect anything untoward happening. It was solid in the market. It was a good winning hope. Um, but when Baccarat Baby touched, like continued to be supported from $3 to $2.90 to $2.80, I actually t- sent a, a play out on the horse. Now, obviously not taking top odds or anything like that, but just purely out of respect for the stable and the stable money is that I have to ensure that the Baccarat baby was there to win. It's it's there to win. The money suggests it's there to win. There was a jockey change as well, with um, Michalia coming off and Ryan Maloney going on, and the the money was consistent. Had to have to respect it, respect the stable enough to to have something on the horse to make sure I didn't lose. On hoping I took the right position so I wasn't losing on the race. Um, it stayed firm, you know, right throughout uh, yeah. on the fixed price. Yeah, Betfair data says so. But yeah. it, it was, um, it was, was it three wide cast? This thing didn't get the right, didn't get the running transit. Yeah, because I, I, the bot found this thing too, and when that money comes from like those wide barriers, I'd say eight times out of ten, that horse that has some speed ends up rolling across and landing OSL if not better. Like it, that means you're going to get good intent, and like I think we're all be of the same opinion. I love wide barriers. Because there's, well, there's nothing that can stop them. You know, it can be half a step slow and they still can just use it up and get across as opposed to good money, good intent, but half a step slow from barrier three and they've missed their go. They've been flushed out the back of that surf. Yeah, absolutely. The money suggested to me that the plan was the, the plan was to be positive from the gate and happy to be outside leader and it just didn't quite work out. It might have got cover at some stage just before the corner, but certainly didn't go right for it at any stage in the race and 
just didn't get any favours at all in the run. So that, that, that was fifth up this preparation, Group 3. Uh, do we want to stick with this horse off that stable support and the no luck in run? I'm sort of anticipating it goes to goes to the sunny coast in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, next start, sorry. Um, not sure how many. I'm not sure how much it's got in it. Like Group Three Mile, that that deep in the prep, you know, peak run, birthday time, didn't quite work out. Um, certainly won't be giving it. Won't, probably won't give it any more or any less than than what it's already shown. If that makes sense. Um, just happy to to play him out, play that horse how I see it on the data wherever it pops up next. Peter, what what the betting do on betfair.com.au in that race? Uh, so in the last 30 minutes, the Baccarat Baby, 240,000 matched, opened 310, hit a high of 320, and closed that 266 mark over the last half 266? Yeah, so it really went off oh, in the last Oh, well, that, that's leader. just repulsive for, for Curly, who's chopped yeah. out on it, because it started 280, 365 and 270, all the other plastics. Like yeah, one the, of the Betfair key... to be shorter than the corpse means it, it's a it's a like an operation has has dumped late. I was looking at um, I was looking at the flux, um, you know, looking at Betfair live, looking at dynamic, and I kept seeing money being traded under mm. uh, under the 270 mark late, and I thought, well, look, if Crane's not winning, this is yeah, um, fair enough, and then. And then Christopher John produced Shawnee and, and a gun ride from Luke Dittman and an explosive last furlock. It's unbelievable. Somehow, <laughs> somehow I've done the lot. All right. So the biggest bet race at Doombin was a $640,000 race. Let's just keep that in mind as we head to New South Wales next. The horse that Curly wants to follow is from race three, Fobiter. Is that how I'm pronouncing it, Curls? Yeah, that will do. There's some, there's a couple of nice options for it. Um, you know, race like the Ramorny or something like that. You'd be keeping an eye on it. It's clocked it the fastest last six, four, and two hundred meters of the entire day of every single runner. Curly, what's the week look like for you this week for your betting advice via themailbag.com.au? Thankfully, the calendar has sort of back to resembling something like the traditional calendar pre-COVID. Um, so we Saturday is where all the action is. Uh, we have the Metro meeting Saturday, and then we have the Provincial meeting Saturday afternoon at the Gold Coast and Toowoomba on Saturday night. So oh. there'll be... Um, there'll Are you going to cover all three? I'll be covering all three. <laughs> and um, the warm-up event will be Warwick on Thursday afternoon, which will be race by race for the Provincial Service, um, just pending what the weather does up here with... We lost another meeting yesterday with rain and we've had some horrible tracks and things like that with the weather and races called off you through accidents and things like that. So we're just hoping for a clean run clean run with the weather this week, clear skies and, and decent tracks for a big betting uh, day. And for, just for the FYI, for anyone who's looking to get involved or is involved, uh, Curls will be providing a puninform.com.au worksheet so he'll be doing speed maps, um, prices, and a couple of comments for each runner at Doombin or wherever it is on Saturday with any early bets after 9 a.m. Yeah. So uh, and, then, and then that meeting will largely be left alone. You'll be left to your sheets that, that is provided for you. If, we, if, if any of us see anything, because we're all a big team here, and we might end up sending uh, a unit or two later in the day if the track sort of plays a certain way. But then Curls will be providing the rest of the information for the Gold Coast and I assume the Sunny Coast via the app. Yeah, so boy, race yeah, by that, race. 
Absolutely. So, yeah, sheets will go out. Back to Eagle Farm this week. There's, uh, there's nine races. Um, so, yeah, like you say, the sheets will go out. And then any, anything that we identify as the day unfolds, we'll certainly be, be sending it out. Beautiful. Thank you very much for joining us again, mate. Uh, we'll talk to you through the week. Welcome to the show, Rob Scurry, our man in Sydney, who's lucky enough to be on track currently. Uh, Well, not today. He's been rained off uh, the golf course, but they didn't rain him off on Saturday. He was able to attend Rose Hill. Uh, He looks very confused. Are you all right there, big boy? Yeah, going all right. Golf rained off, but, you know, worst things going on in the world. Can't complain, mate. And got a result on the weekend for a change. Well done. Tough meeting. Good grinding performance from you, I thought. Very proud of the... The closeout found the right horse in the last. Who's mm. done pretty? Uh, I'm going to say it's one of the more impressive figures runs on the day. There's nothing flash about the figure like early, but it, the sustained sort of grind home race nine on a nine race card at Rose Hill. On what are they calling that? A heavy something? Soft seven? Uh, soft, soft seven big, by the end. Big performance. Yep, nice, nice little wet track type by Lundre. Wet track sir. <laughs> forward and ready to go there looked plenty of pace in the race and um this is this is a bit of a tough one because it was up against our normal figures you know it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't there in in the black and i thought oh i could i could cop some shit if this goes no good and uh yeah very pleased to see it get home <laughs> so there, there was a little bit of extra sort of spice yeah. in this victory for you just oh, get up the boys oh not, not, I told not you, i've got the greatest odds in racing well, any track, any day, Dicko should find a couple winners somewhere. <laughs> Fuchu. I, I agree. That's why I love you. What did you do in Fuchu again? First winner of the day. Didn't know oh, yeah. the price it paid. Yeah, number two. Um, yeah, just, just found it. Um, didn't quite know what we are doing. We knew we were onto something when uh, that no one else was kind of cheering or looking happy um, after the first race. Because they're all <laughs> invested in Japan. They're, they're betting we were cheering. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a bit of a sad story to that, but we don't want to give away. I've told that story anyway. I wasn't okay. quite on it. My mate was on. We didn't get, I didn't have cash out on the track. F- f- grave error, you know, thinking I could, had amazing, uh, you know, facilities everywhere, but just couldn't get cash out. I had to go to a 7-Eleven by the time that, that race two maiden winner had got up at $18. Um, I wasn't on, um, but, you, know. you found it at a point. Yeah, you found, and my mate bought. You know, you know, it was, I was, it was that. Class, I'll tell the story. It's that classic case. It's like, okay, how much do we win? It's like we. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, you put the bet on. I didn't kind of. Anyway, um, that was Fuchu. <laughs> Lucky to be there. You know, they haven't had crowds there for a long time. Racing still marches on, eh? It does, and it marches on at Rose Hill PVL. Uh, at the helm, um, what did you learn from the meeting, Rob? Oh, not an awful lot. Um, you know, winter at top horses generally go better than horses with improvement. Um, whole lot of Waller horses in a race. Some fancy, some not. The theme of the that show is. today so far, Curly's blowing about Wallerathons up in Queensland as well. Oh, he did well. I've got the, he's the OG in Sydney, you know. <laughs> I've been dealing with this for years, so I, but you know, you know me, boys. I think I've got a pretty good handle on the Waller stable uh, in terms of how the horses parade. Um, yeah, getting getting results out of them all the time is tough, but you know, there's opportunities. That's what we love about the game, eh? So many great opportunities. Peter, what was the biggest betting race of the card there at um, 
Rose Hill, given that 640k roughly was matched on the biggest race at Doombin, surely we're going to see a bigger figure than that, yeah? No, of course not, because we, we spoke about this last week. You can't. And we're going to speak about it every week because it yeah. fascinates me. Yeah, yeah race not? seven it was. Trumbull's race. Trumbull finally jumped. It's amazing what happens if a horse can finally jump. Um, 544,000 matched. Uh, if we deep dive into what happened in terms of the overall betting in that race, Trumbull was pretty much just steady over the last 30 minutes or so. Open of $7, close 6.60, hit a high of 7.40, not too much doing. And there was only 56,000 matched on the winner of that race. And Rohern returned the biggest figure on the card, Rob, in race five. What's your read profile on this little pony? Uh, did a lot of damage late, a little bit like the last winner in Cordia. Yep. They've gone just benchmark, like a spot-on all-average benchmark to the 600 here, the winner, and he's come home 9.2 above the all-average. That's a sustained sort of performance through the last 600. A bit, obviously, a first-up specialist. I've sort of failed our punters here. I, I didn't even comment on it in, in, in the text. Um, totally missed it. But, you know, I think that's the best way I, I do my best work, just, just not even knowing the horse's name or form it's just looking at it and watching it with our stuff and you know if, if i can find it you know but yeah i missed this one i thought embracer came back really well he's run a good race on the day i'd be just as keen on him as roe hearn going forward i don't think um leading uh was really suited on the day yeah definitely not okay definitely not there's only one of six horses to lead or to be in the forward part of the the field if you take out the staying races, only one of six was able to win from a forward position. And that was Trumbull. That was a great result for being on track there. Um, I was I had my finger hovered over <laughs> my little API and I was looking for the pink colours out the back when they jumped. And when I didn't see those pink colours, um, Trumbull was a winning result. I, I just couldn't tip him, boys. How can you tip that horse? I sent him out third. The numbers said just big in condition. Coat looks great. Everything looks just right about this horse, um, but with his habit of missing the start, it's, it's hard to put units on yep. uh, at six bucks. Um, but yeah, I, I managed to you know get, poke my nose in front with this thing getting up because I was in a pretty deep hole early after the first race. Frosty rocks, Ugh! <laughs> spew, and just to have the saver on the second horse that loomed to win. But um, yeah, it was it was good being out there. I made friends with like um, a Chinese couple, elderly Chinese couple, who who kind of got the table that I kind of wanted. Um, I was trying to worm my way in with this other bloke. He seemed pretty happy with this table, but his mates would say, "Come on, come on, this other table." So I just kind of put my bag down there, and we managed to negotiate, you know, some good social distancing from. I'm not sure their names, but they were into it, having a good bet. Um. So, yeah, I got a decent look at the horses. I did have a, um, a very courteous lady from security just come up and say that, you know, just if you're standing there... Um, not, and not drinking. Uh, oh, I, people can't see you when they're watching the race. And I'm just like, yeah, if you've been watching me, I haven't been. I've just been watching the horses. Then Anyway, um, she was very, very courteous. So um, there, there was no issue. Okay. What did you make of uh, the winner of race number three, the Stay Us Sweet Thomas? Oh, this is you know, German. It's a German. It's, it's a funny, funny, funny shaped, compact kind of horse. Um, it had good condition on it, and yeah, just as you in know, like it doesn't look. It's not the sort of type. It looks like it's a big, proper international stay. It's just got a huge set of lungs in there. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly that, Dicko. I think it, it's, I know what you mean. It's, it's, I'll, I'll see them a few times. You think like this horse looks like a a stocky fourteen hundred meter <laughs> half <laughs> flanker, but somehow yeah. it just runs all day. Yeah, so so he he looked had good condition on him, um, but they all paraded well here. Tawilica paraded like literally half asleep. I think I said that in the text, and she's you know gone out in front. And again, a horse can't really bag too much leading on on the program all right well that's probably enough rose hill anything else you want to talk about roberto uh ex- except for that I, I won't be at randwick next week we're going down south of the family school holiday so i'll give them that a miss but i will be making it up on a wednesday soon so there'll be a, a double a double Ooh, uh, stay tuned punters yeah sneak out on a wednesday might be it'll be warwick farm or canterbury Before we but, uh, uh, before we leave Rose Hill, the fastest last 600, 400, and 800 of the day was recorded in race five by Rohan, and the fastest last 100 metres of the entire day was in race four by Full Mina. Rob, do you want to stay on the line as we touch upon a little bit of Caulfield and look at some Belmont with Pistol Pete, or you want to get going? Uh, I'll, just, I'll just mute, hey? You do you, brother. You yeah. do you. That was Rob Scurry. Uh, now we're going to head to Caulfield. We're going to keep it pretty simple and quick here, punters. It was a very boring day. Uh, it was a very biased uh, racetrack, which makes it just uninspiring to bet upon and really simple to read in review. Uh, the first winner of the day sat OSL outside lead. The second winner on the day sat OSL outside lead. The third winner on the day sat one back, one off, just behind the OSL horse, which also finished in the money. Uh, that was one of the races where the third horse, or maybe the second horse, came from last. Splendor of Grass can follow that horse. Uh, the fourth race on the card, the leader won. The second horse, OSL horse, ran second. Uh, the fifth horse, the fifth race on the day, the OSL horse won. Uh, the sixth horse, the sixth race on the day was a bit of an anomaly. Uh, they went so quick early. Miss Catherine, I don't think she'd ever gone that fast in her life. And she stopped, and they were able to run over the top. I think Wilmot Pass is a horse to follow out of that race. Uh, the seventh race, the leader won. Uh, the eighth race, the OSL horse ran second to the horse that was in the 1-1, and the horse that led ran third. So, again, dominated on pace. And the last race, the winner sat OSL. I think throughout the day, anywhere worse than the first four horses in run, you can forgive and have somewhat of a follow-up on if you like the horse or the saint you found that sort of warrants liking it. Uh, Rails in run, slightly uh, not suited, inferior off the finishing positions. And uh, the lack of uh, questioning... When you look at the data, the slowest race to the 600 of the entire day I'm sure no one would guess that it's actually the last race on the card they have gone so slowly to the 600 in the last race that they've gone uh, 4.5 lengths below the all average benchmark which is very slow for the class they have gifted this race to Craig Williams and Morrissey or Sonnery whoever was going to last the longest Sonnery has backed up its its overall performances that it's capable of uh, Morrissey has gone like 10 lengths below what it's capable of it, it is uh, I can't I, I, I lost for words to describe how I feel about it 
The riders that sat behind these two leaders after watching a race where a race day where on pace is real estate is is worth more than it can ever be worth in racing, and just sat back and and watched this race unfold. Yeah, I think you need to sort of think about what you're doing as like. There's an opportunity to make a lot of money if you're a jockey if you think. This this race is the perfect example. Every everyone behind Morrissey and Sonnery essentially had no chance of winning this race. How often do you see a day where it's so on pace biased and then you get to the last two races and they're the slowest on the card? You almost would never see that. You expect the overcompensation to occur at some point and it never what happens. What happens? What happens? My theory is it's just like human nature, right? <laughs> so that they're all they're in the gates and they go like or they're, or they're talking before the before the race to like their trainer, and the trainer's talking to the jockey. Maybe it's more the trainer. I'm not just bagging the jockeys. Yeah, yeah. The trainer's telling them what to do, and they're going, Peter, Peter, come here. They're all going to try and go forward, mate. <laughs> it's going to be suicide. I want you to sit back off the speed, count to 10, and then just build up around them. Because they think that everyone's going to go hard here, and no one does. The second last race, they went 6.1 slow to the 600. Like, unbelievable. That is a staying race. And that's why you can totally forgive uh, Harbour Views, who was well well enough backed, uh, genuine excuse for the lameness, and just completely unsuited. Uh, they, you just dampen his brilliance by making him go so slow early. Um, John Allen rode really well through the week. Uh, I think he's riding really well, and this was a, an awful ride tactically. Just that just then there wasn't enough tempo for his horse, which was the most brilliant in the race. Mm. It was also the biggest betting race on the card. Uh, 860,000 matched. Uh, most of that would have been on Harbour Views. If we just bring him up here. Um, While know, Peter's I, doing that, it's just it's interesting. 868, it's almost double what was wagered in New South Wales. Everything that gets bet through the corporates, through the uh, online bookies, over the phone, everything ends up in Betfair if they don't want to keep it. Uh, so you'd assume the same amount of money has been wagered in New South Wales as in Victoria, probably now being bet overseas as it's too expensive for them to bet in Australia. Therefore, we as a sport lose revenue via tax and also, more importantly for me and you, Peter, and our listeners, lose integrity because the money, the bets, can't be checked. Mm. If they think something's untoward, they can easily access that information via Betfair. They can't do it when it's overseas. Yeah. Look, 530,000 matched on Harbour Views. So there was more matched on Harbour Views than was matched on the entire biggest betting race at Rose Hill on Saturday. Yep. Uh, horse to follow from the meeting can be Wilmont Pass, outside of the obvious, which is uh, Splendid in the Grass, and uh, Alpha Aura, who's just backing up big performances. Was many one from on the fence. Uh, Peter, I've just lost your vision there. You're back. Let's head to Belmont, mate. Yeah, right, wow, we what a day. Um, second strip in a, in a row for me, which was uh, a bit disappointing. I got a bit frustrated, a little bit greyed up as the day went on. Um, it did seem like Rails was inferior, at least for the first half of the card. Um, probably the well, the only horse one winner sat Rails in run basically, yeah, which and that was no led. apology. It, yeah, no apology, which was and it, it well it led because it was allowed to because they went. 13.9 below the all-average benchmark. Yeah, and it was also... Um, oh, they could have stopped. They could have stopped and just had a drink here. This is... It was horrific. But I'm blowing just... up about 4.5 below the benchmarks of the six. You're copping 13.9. Yeah, and wow. if we 
just have a look at the official price as well. Um, the last half hour before betting was four dollars sixty into three dollars forty. Um, look, there was sustained support throughout the day for no apology, and the money was bang on. Shooter McGrady jumped off the horse afterwards, and they asked him, "Were you planning on leading?" He said, "No, I was planning on sending one out, one back." Uh, they've gone horrendously slow here. It did look on paper like it was a race where there was no defined leader. But uh, the horse that I ended up siding with, Costa Del Santo, was oh, so far this back. This is that race. This is, it was last. Yeah. It was yeah. last. It needed to make up 20 lengths on the home turn, mate. Yeah. You're not riding Winks. <laughs> Even if he was. Oh, yeah, uh, Winks wouldn't have caught that. Wouldn't have... <sighs> It's, it's probably worth just actually having a look at Costa Del Santo's previous couple of starts because the horse has been absolutely flying for the Pinizid team. And Costa Del Santo, this start, went 18.5 lengths slow to the 600. It, in its previous start, it went benchmark to the 600. The previous start that, before that, oh. it went two lengths fast to the 600. Are they questioned in the stewards' report at all? No, there won't be. Of course not. But look, even even having said that, if we go back four starts ago at Pinjarra, the horse ran second. It went 16.4 lengths slow to the 600. It still returned an overall figure of 8.9 lengths slow. So this performance on the weekend was 5.4 lengths worse than that. Um, it was too bad to be true. There wasn't... It was a bit soft late on the fair. It wasn't horrendously soft, but uh, it was still soft enough. And uh, the money just knew in this race. Um, biggest betting race at Belmont, mate? Biggest betting race at Belmont was in race... Ooh, hang on. It was in race seven, I believe. 440,000. Um, it was... I'm excluding Windstorm's race because we often see those uh, those races where there's a $1.15 chance. It's just heaps of cash traded forwards and backwards. And to be honest, it's more just probably bots at work than anything and um, so we'll go race seven four hundred forty thousand matched flow which i don't think anyone expected to win um over a thousand meters anyway has been able to scoot up the inside there for mitchy payton and martin allen and what about material man peter what are we doing there uh i was a bit surprised bit of a grout race and follow, course, follow your money yeah I mean, look, it's jumped to $20 on the fair. Um, Perfect Jewels, well supported. As a, you know, the horse has been absolutely flying. Um, Material Man from Gate 2 was pretty happy to take it on at this stage of the day. Paul Harvey, though, he's just, he is so good when he's on. Uh, gate 2, he's just stuck the horse straight off, just tailed them off the fence. And uh, it's amazing what happened with Material Man going back to Justin Warwick for its first start in a couple of years. It's obviously a very well-equipped 2,000-metre horse, and they haven't gone particularly quick here. They've gone slow for the class. But uh, still a bit of a grout, because I was with Material Man last start, and it wasn't suited on that occasion. But it was a race that I wasn't particularly keen to play in. So just pretty great weekend. Horse to follow from the weekend for you? Um, you're not going to get any spoil, but I thought Bright Diamond was not suited whatsoever um, I think that horse is really just improving with every start I think it's worth following going into next preparation uh, to whatever I've got it goes a, to I've got a punter to follow for the listeners it, everything in the game no matter how good or bad you are you go up and down you can, you're never going to just like win consistently you're going to win then lose 
and win and lose. And I've been watching Pete operate for a long, long time, and he's had two strips in a row. This is when you put him in the black book. This is when you get on board and you start to up the units. Peter will turn around. Nothing lasts. Everything turns. I can't wait for. I can't wait for this week. I've already told uh, the bloke bowling from the uh, Churchill end to double the units this week. <laughs> The, the best part about it was uh, the, the Hong Kong A set only played into one race and the Hong Kong A set is me and uh, the other gentleman who shares this abode and uh, we backed three horses in the last race at Hong Kong. Mongolian King, I think, was one and uh, Water Diviner, which won the race at $44 and it's just following the same principles that I follow in Belmont. The difference is in Hong Kong, you just sit across the board have a uh, a really good level of jockey ranks. Yeah, well, well, I don't know if we should have mentioned this, but we did bet at Kalgoorlie yesterday, and oh, oh, no comment. It wasn't good. <laughs> it's 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 so bad. It's dangerous. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's been the deep dive this week, punters. Brought to you by punningform.com.au. It's a sectional database that we all use, and I hope you'll try it too. Uh, betfair.com.au. Uh, we all use the Betfair Live. That's what we're talking about on this podcast. It's where all the betting ends up. You can get graphs graphs, and everything. You can track the, the betting and get a better understanding of what the market's doing late. And we're hydrated by goat lager, brewed out of the pure and uh, tasty waters of the Arrow River in uh, Melbourne. Peter, thank you very much. Uh, I'll probably talk to you in about 20 minutes when I figure out the next problem in my life. I love you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Very good.